0: Hey, I'm Kevin Burke, 93, Dizzy Dean World Series champion. My eight-year-old team won 50 games last year, and I have so many rings and trophies, I can't even keep up with them all. Wait, you're saying nobody cares? That, that, that's not going to get my kid to the big leagues? All right, all right, let's talk about what really matters. Welcome to the Elbow Up Youth Baseball podcast. First hand and real time experience, stories, advice, and lessons learned. Some the hard way by me, a former player, lifelong fan, and now dad and coach. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Elbow Up Youth Baseball Podcast. I'm Kevin Burke. I want to talk about the last episode. I was extremely blunt about how youth coaches are ruining young arms. I knew it had the potential to be a controversial post and episode. But instead of controversial, it seemed to have resonated with thousands of parents and coaches across the country. Besides being the topic of conversation at our own tournament, in less than a week, it's already my second most downloaded episode since I've been doing the show. It's also the most shared on social with more than 500 shares, more than 1,500 comments, and more than 3,000 reactions just on Facebook alone. Almost everyone that commented or responded agreed with the message which is great news for the future of arm care. Now we just have to keep the momentum going and continue to shine the light on this epidemic. I did want to follow up, though, with a part two here because I received quite a few questions and comments in response. Anytime I come down hard or um, call out, so to speak, coaches and parents, I tend to get quite a few responses. And I wanted everybody to know that I certainly am not trying to single any one person out. Now, I do want people to think the next time on the field. I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. I'm not trying to say, hey, you're a terrible coach or, hey, you're not a good parent. But this is such a bad epidemic, such a serious problem that I wanted to get the message out. As I've said many, many times, I have made almost all of these mistakes. Now, I've not over-pitched anybody. There may have been a team I was affiliated with where there was maybe a a, a different head coach, or I wasn't the head coach, uh, that may have thrown somebody a few too many pitches years and years and years ago. But generally speaking, I cannot remember a time where I wasn't thinking about arm health and pitch counts. And I'm not saying that to say that I'm holier than thou. It's just, you know, I I came across probably somewhat condescending, maybe, on the last one. But, but you know, the more I think about it, and and I have a lot uh, after some feedback, uh, I certainly don't regret the message because I want people to think about what overuse means to the kids that they, as coaches, have the responsibility for. So I also plan to do some additional episodes where I interview professional coaches and sports medicine doctors, orthopedic surgeons, to discuss at at a more granular level with some specifics. So actually, I already have an SEC pitching coach uh, and an SEC team physician from two different schools lined up to appear on the show. So that's going to be good. If you're not subscribed, if you um, are hearing this for the first time, be sure to go to getelbowup.com. It's easy. You'll see right on there, subscribe, type in your email address, and I'll send you an email the next time an episode comes out. I don't want you to miss those. You also can listen to the podcast in iTunes Um, on your, on your iPhone, you can listen to it in Spotify and, uh, Google podcast as well as several others. So let's jump right into this because I got quite a few comments. Like I said, 99% were in support and actually even what I'm about to talk about, it's not that it is a disagreement that this is a problem. But my my last episode actually targeted coaches for the most part. And one of the things that I got, I would say quite a few comments about was, well, what about the parents? It's not the coaches, it's the parents. They should step up and not allow coaches to continue overusing their kids. So while I agree with this in theory, here's why I targeted coaches. Now, let me say this. I'm not giving parents a pass. And that's really why I'm doing this this podcast and newsletter and why I'm so passionate about this because it's about educating coaches and parents. But here's why I'm targeting coaches or at least in the last episode. One, they are the ones in the position of authority when it comes to that team. You know, we talk a lot about let them coach, don't interfere, don't fight your kids' battles, let the kid learn. So as a parent, you know, Again, in theory, we want to kind of take a hands-off approach when it comes to practice and games. And we kind of we give that authority, that responsibility to those coaches. But coaching a team of children, and yes, that's what they are, 9s, 10s, 11s, 12s, 13s, those are children. It's an enormous responsibility and not one that we should take lightly two, they're the ones making out the lineup. Guys, look, parents are not making out the lineup. And if they are, that's a problem. A whole different episode. I may have been influenced by parents a time or two in my early coaching days, but I was the one that penciled in the lineup. It's me, not a parent. And third, as coaches, we should know better. Parents I'm trying to educate, and there's, there's hundreds and thousands of professionals and other baseball people that are trying to do this too. It's not just a, a, the Kevin crusade, but I've, I've gathered or garnered a little bit of an audience, and this is important, and so that's what I'm doing. But coaches should know better. As parents, we literally hand our kids over to coaches for hours and hours every single week. At our practice sometimes the parents leave. Well, I'm not just there to teach them baseball, I'm there to make sure they stay safe. No, I haven't signed anything, but I mean that's that's what we do. It's like being a it's like being a teacher, you know? My son, my 3rd grader's teacher isn't just there to teach him math. He she's there to to keep him safe. Coaches should know better. So many baseball parents, especially the younger. Look, there, there's a, there's a big spectrum here. I mean, I I, well, I shared a screenshot on the Instagram account by the way, elbow up baseball on Instagram, I'm trying to grow that. Just started it, so check that out. But I, I've shared some screenshots. I've blacked out the names. It's it's not anybody local. I'm not trying to have any issues, but I I, I don't want to share anecdotal information or stories. I want to give you Proof that this is happening all over the country. And sometimes it's on purpose and a lot of times it's not. So I'm not judging. I'm saying this is happening. We have to stop it. And I'm trying to bring that conversation here. A lot of these parents, especially of the younger kids, they they may not know better. Maybe the mom and the dad, they didn't play baseball. Maybe the kid hadn't had any interest. And then all of a sudden, you know, at school he gets hanging out with some guys who play, and he wants to play, and so they just go out to play. They don't know. I I can name them many scenarios, but coaches should know better. That's why I'm targeting coaches. Now, parents play a major role. I'm not saying they don't, and parents should not stand idly by while coaches abuse these young arms. Some of them do and don't know any better, but some of them do and 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 do know better. I've even seen and heard from coaches who – (laughs) <laughs> they look out for arm health. And a kid throws 60 pitches, they, they take him out, championship game, fourth inning, they're up by two runs, and the parents get mad. He was pitching so well. Well, that's a good coach, and, and I hope that that parent figures it out. As I mentioned in the last episode, there's a way to handle parent-coach communication, and I would always start with handling this like adults and away from the field, never during the game, never – after the game however if a conversation about arm health and overuse doesn't work you must put your foot down and if that means finding a new team then so be it all right so that's why I was talking about coaches it doesn't mean parents are totally innocent or don't have responsibility but I think coaches have the ultimate responsibility as we are charged with the care of these kids. Now it's not just pitching. This is another thing. There are many more factors that should go into keeping an arm safe and healthy than just pitch counts. And I think a lot of this is overlooked. And actually this could be kind of the hidden danger. Somebody says, well, he's an 11 year old, you know, he's got a strong arm. He throws a lot. He only threw 70 pitches on Sunday. He didn't throw any on Saturday. And I would say on paper and at first glance, that's probably accurate. He's okay. However, what else has that arm been through? I would say first, as coaches, we need to understand what these kids do during the week. Now, I got some pushback on this. Well, you know, I'm a coach, and, and I, I don't have time to, to keep track of all my kids fair, but I disagree on our team. I know who gets lessons during the week. Now, obviously I I have to take the parents' word for it, but guys ask, send a group text. Hey, who's taking a lesson? Now I'm, I'm not a fan. Generally speaking, I, I don't think it's a good idea to take pitching lessons during the season for most kids. Now I know one of our, some of our best friends, um, they do, and I think it's fine the way they do it. But generally speaking, It can be difficult because you've got um, kids going to lessons and then you've got coaches trying to manage bullpens and manage pitching, and it can be tough. The ones that I'm talking about, he's a coach. um, And, you know, like there's always exceptions. But generally speaking, I'm not a huge fan of that. But as a coach, get to know your players' routine, know what they do. I mean, we know who takes hitting lessons, we know who takes pitching lessons. It's not that hard. It just takes a little bit of effort. Set that expectation early. Parents, I need to know. It goes into my plan. Maybe we can work on a day that's better, that will optimize the rest for that arm. Secondly, it's not just pitches. And this is what I was going to say earlier. This might be the hidden danger. When we look at overuse, you must look at the entire body of work or throws. So for example, you know, let's say I got a guy who plays first base and that's pretty much all he does. Or maybe he plays right field in nine or 10U. And he, you know, if he comes in that one outing on a weekend, he might have a little bit longer leash than my other kid who played shortstop the prior game and then who caught five innings the game before that. He probably should not go like if the pitch smart guidelines that I shared in the last episode that I'll link to in the show notes in the article for this one. If they say that he can throw, I'm just making this up because I'm not looking at it, but 60 pitches, he probably shouldn't throw 60 pitches because he's thrown, you know, 240 other balls today already. Now, there's a difference between max effort on the mound and in between innings and things like that. I don't count warm-up throws and catchers back to the pitcher as a pitch necessarily, but it has to be in the plan. I always try to pitch. We, our team, always tries to pitch guys first. I, I rarely want to catch a guy and then pitch him because I want him to be able to pitch when he's the most fresh. But even then, I don't want him to catch, if possible. And again, you know, there's no black and white here. Yes or no, right or wrong. But you have to look at all of that. Now, the last thing, and, and it's still uh, similar, but every kid's different, right? Age, body type, athleticism, development, conditioning. How advanced are they? What does their mechanics look like? All of these play a role in arm health and overuse. All right, so I have a nine, we have a nine-year-old on our team who can throw 50 pitches on Sunday, no problem. I've got another nine-year-old who probably needs to be around 30. So here's the deal. Use common sense. Incorporate a good warm-up plan uh, a good arm care routine and use common sense when it comes to pitch counts and potential overuse. Now, I mentioned common sense when, in, in, in warm ups and arm care. Um, the third kind of theme here is it's not just limiting pitches and rest. We want to be, th- those are two things that I would consider as reactive, right? Um, maybe pitch counts are somewhat proactive. But that's kind of like it's already happened. We've already started throwing, and now we're going to limit it. And then now afterwards we're going to rest. But there's a whole nother thing that almost no youth players and coaches do, and that is being proactive. Now, as you get into more serious baseball, and maybe, um, you know, I see it a lot more in like maybe the 12, 13 age, but definitely as you get even older, high school now, almost everybody's doing it. But you really need to have an arm care routine, right? So let's talk about what that is and how you as a coach or you as a parent can be proactive when looking out for your kid's arm health. So this is definitely an age-specific topic as these programs can become more advanced as kids get older. Typically, when you're starting out in, in let's say, coach pitch and you've got six and seven and eight-year-olds, I think it's important... It's actually more important at that point, and this is a non professional, non medical professional opinion. The warm up routines at that age are more about preparing them for warm ups as they get older. Um, You know, you don't see a lot of pulled muscles in six year olds, right? But especially as they advance and they throw harder, they definitely need to warm up their arms. But I'm a fan of going ahead and starting a, a pre practice and a pre game warm up routine. Uh, But as you get older, obviously that that becomes different. So, you know, when you're comparing a six year old warm up routine to a 12 year old to a 17 year old, they can be way different. Right. But the important thing is they have one. Um, But I'll, I'll go on. Most of what I do here is like, you know, 8U, 12U kind of thing. So generally speaking, what I'm about to say should apply. Um, if you are in an outlier age or you have specific questions, you can, if you got this in email, just hit reply and ask me a question. You can leave a comment, find me on Facebook, Elbow Up Youth Baseball, Twitter, Elbow underscore up, and now on Instagram at Elbow Up Baseball. But um, if you have specific questions, let me know. So what I'm about to go through, it's, it's very general, but it's really to get your brain going around what should you be thinking about and how can you go do more research Uh, to to make sure and take care of your players and and your kids, right? So, first, all players, not just pitchers, should have a solid and consistent warm-up routine that prepares their body for pitching and playing. So Um, in our nine-year-old team and we don't do a great job of enforcing this and it's hard because you know you got guys that get there if the coach says get here 45 minutes before the game you got guys that get there an hour and you got guys that get there 40 minutes before the game and so people are already throwing and then at practice you know it starts at six you got some guys that get there 10 minutes early and they're already out throwing I like to go ahead and prepare and and some of this goes into discipline and things like that just looking good but um, I like to to try to have everybody do the same thing at, at the younger ages and it can be a light jog followed by some stretching and then throwing and the throwing again you start you start at a close distance and as you warm up you can back it up and then i work it back in um i'll share some some examples of some pre-game warm-up routines for the younger guys in the article that goes in the email and can be found at getelbowup.com. But definitely need to have a good, consistent warm-up routine for everybody, whether they're a pitcher or not. The second thing is resistance training. Now, this is one of those things that people are going to say, hold on, wait a minute, you want my nine-year-old to lift weights? No. Um, not lifting weights at all, not even doing body weight exercises like push-ups and things like that. What I'm talking about specifically uh, can um, increase arm strength, but also just strengthen some of the muscles and, and tendons and things. Uh, again, I'm not a medical professional, but around those those important joints that we're talking about, like elbows and shoulders. And so the, the, the better shape those are in, then the better those joints are going to be, right? So besides injury prevention, this also aids in recovery after pitching and playing. Um, if you think about it, it kind of makes sense the better shape you're in, the, the easier the recovery is. So when one of my sons goes out and spends 30 minutes exerting themselves very physically um, outdoors, the next day they don't even know based on how their body feels. If I go out at 36 and exert myself, I probably can't walk for two days. Matter of fact, I threw threw some live pitching the other day. I bet I threw 120 pitches, and I had the leg kick and everything going. I was trying to simulate somewhat of a a live situation. And I can tell you, uh, my leg, it's been two days. Um, I I can barely lift it. So Um, anyway, point is, the better shape your arm and and body is in, not only will you prevent injuries, but it also aids and speeds up uh, the recovery after the arm is being used. Now, if I say don't lift weights, then how do I have resistance training? So one of the most popular things that has really, it's been around for a while, but it's starting to permeate the younger guys. You see it a lot in high school and travel definitely older, older teams, but, um, resistance bands. So imagine just a big overgrown rubber band that has like a carabiner on the end. And essentially guys will clip it onto the fence and then they can do all kinds of, um exercises that are working different or various muscles in the arm shoulder etc and these are not only exercises that you can do you know away from the field for strength and endurance but also a lot of folks uh, a lot of players will actually do these as part of their warm-up routine uh, to get their their arms ready so there's several brands the kind of the name brand um, that is the most popular is uh, J band. And I'll link to that in the, um, article. So while there are other off brands, if you will, really the, the J bands by Jagger sports are good because not only can you purchase the product, which is, is good quality. Um, they also produce quite a bit of educational information around arm conditioning, arm care, arm health, They provide you with exercises when you purchase the bands and then also they they have additional resources available um, that you can check out. So check out the the written version of this episode, the the show notes. It's at getelbowup.com and I've linked to a place where you can go in and purchase those. Oh, and the other good thing is they also have different bands for different ages. So they have a set that's for ages 13 and older and then they also have a set that is for ages 12 and younger. So I like that because it, it it's just, it's less resistance, right? So check out Jager Sports J-Bands um, in the getelbowup.com show notes. So to kind of wrap up the whole resistance band, um, resistance training topic, it's definitely not something you have to do. And I'm not saying you should go out and get your six-year-old some J-Bands. Uh, I do think when they start pitching, when they get into 9, 10, 11-year-old, though, you need to start looking at specific exercises, right, just to make sure that We're working on injury prevention, arm health, arm care, and we're being proactive instead of reactive. So the last thing relative to being proactive instead of reactive is just communication. Um, This is important to talk about communication between parents and coaches, but also between players and coaches and players and parents. And not only do we need to make sure that we take care of their arm, but we need to make sure that they understand that's their arm, that's their tool, right? Their trade is baseball and the tool that they need is their arm. And if they lose that tool or it doesn't if we don't take care of it, it's going to mean a shortened career, right? Potentially. And so um they must let you know how it feels. I think it's important to make sure that that you know, I think growing up, especially boys, it's like, "Oh, get over it. You're fine." You know, rub some dirt on it. But when a player starts talking about their arm, whether it's their shoulder or whether it's their elbow, um, or even a muscle in between, I think sometimes the, the, the injuries or the overuse starts to manifest itself in the muscles in between. So maybe tricep, bicep, while that's actually better, you'd rather have that than the joint. It's still something that should be a red flag and you should say, okay, let's take a look at, at how much this person has thrown. Do we need to rest them, et cetera? I'll give you an example. A couple of weeks ago, we had a kid who had caught, he didn't pitch, but he caught the first game of the of the day, and later in the day we were going to put him at third base. And he came up to us and he said, "Hey, coach, my help my not my elbow, my shoulder is kind of hurting." And so he pointed where it was. And you know, at nine years old, I don't know that it's something to be super alarmed about. But immediately we said, "Okay, you're done." Now he still got to hit and everything else, but stay in the dugout. We've that's why we carry eleven. And he just didn't have to throw anymore that day. And then we talked about making sure that he rested that week texted his mom and and had that conversation around making sure that that he took a few days off and then we followed up at the next practice and then the next practice and actually the next game the following week hey how does your arm feel so we've got to make sure that we have an open and honest dialogue we got to make sure that it's it's not something that the kid is afraid to say hey my arm hurts Um, and if he does we've got to take that seriously the other thing is when we talk about communication up front in the season to make sure parents understand hey Here's how I'm going to handle arm care. Here's how I'm going to handle overuse or not overuse. And then also, here are my expectations. If your son has an arm, you know, arm trouble, you need to let me know. Um, this goes back to something I mentioned earlier about making sure that you keep track of what your kids do during the week. I'm not trying to cause extra work for coaches, but this is something that if you set the expectation before the season starts to say, "Hey, we come up with a pitching plan. We have, you know, we have uh, Saturday and Sunday games." and then we have Tuesday Thursday practices here's when we like to do bullpen's if you guys do any throwing outside of this team i need to know not because you can't necessarily but i need to know about it so that i can plan around it and then as a coach if somebody is doing something you know if they're going to three lessons a week because the parent thinks the more lessons they can get the better they're going to be then that's worth a conversation to say you know we need to we need to scale that down during the season because i'm not able to pitch him and do a bullpen when he's going to three uh, lessons per week. So really, it, it's, it's, it's like any other relationship in life. The better we communicate, the better we'll be able to take care of our kids. So I'm starting to get long here, so let's run through this last point. This is the hardest part, accountability. Not only is it the hardest, it's also probably the most uncomfortable at times, but parents, coaches, tournament directors, and anyone else with influence must hold each other accountable and protect the future of these young arms of our baseball players. Tournaments not currently using pitch count guidelines should begin to do so immediately. I like USSSA. I think they provide a great avenue for kids to play. The tournaments are usually well run. I think it's cool how they track everything. You can see how other teams have... But tracking innings pitched is almost useless. I mean, I guess it's better than nothing. But it doesn't really do much when when you think about how an inning could be 10 pitches, 5 pitches, or 50 pitches, especially with the young guys. they got to do better. they got to go to pitch counts. Coaches, educate yourself on the dangers of overuse and the importance of proper arm use and care. If you're a dad and you don't have a lot of baseball background, that's okay. That's why I'm here. But I appreciate you spending the time with your kid and volunteering to help kids and, and allow kids to play the game. But spend the time to educate yourself. Put your players' futures ahead of winning today. Parents, also educate yourself on the exact same dangers. Overuse. The importance of arm care and 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 overuse avoidance. Often coaches coach a kid for one season and they move on. You're that kid's parent forever. And when a kid is overused at 10 a lot of times it, well most of the time it doesn't manifest itself until he's 17 well that coach at 10's long gone and you're the one that's got to help that kid get through Tommy John surgery or tell him that his career's over also at any point if anybody tournament directors coaches parents fans notice anything that doesn't look sound or seem right you got to bring it up have conversations early and often you got to be on the same page. Our kids' futures will thank us later. I'm not over exaggerating. This is an epidemic. All right, just a reminder, make sure and check us out. Uh started a new Instagram account. It's elbow up baseball. Also find us on Facebook. That's probably the where the most interaction happens. We get a lot of comments, a lot of shares, a lot of messages. I love interacting with you guys, so make sure and reach out to me. Any questions you have, comments, feedback. Make sure if you're listening to this on iTunes, you give me a a five-star rating, leave a comment. Thanks for what you do with our kids, and I'll talk to you next time.